nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. It's election season once again, and Los Angeles is starting to look like a dystopian wasteland. The homeless crisis only keeps getting worse and worse every day with no resolution in sight. I mean, what are the politicians doing? Oh wait, they're in a back room talking crap about the citizens of Los Angeles. That's right, not only are the politicians of Los Angeles corrupt, but now they're also racist. On this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Jesus Putnam, also known as The Jesus on TikTok, joins me to talk about his run for Congress in California's 34th district as a writing candidate. This is a fun episode and you won't want to miss it. This episode was brought to you by Rogue Nurse Media and The Well-Written Nurse, empowering nurses and patients to tell their stories. And welcome to Nurses in Hypochondriacs, Jesus Putnam. Hello. <laughs> How are cool. you? I'm doing awesome. I had to come to the Rancho Mirage Library, which is one of my offices here, to record because my parents have invaded my vacation home, which is fine because it's technically their home. But yeah, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So. Yeah. I'm up here in Koreatown and uh, my God, it's so, amazing. That's my roof. And let's see, where's that bump? So like that's approximately where the Hollywood signs at. Oh my gosh. That's approximately where the observatory is. The observatory. is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually at an observatory. There's an observatory here at the Rancho Mirage library, which is super awesome. But so tell us about yourself. I met you or where I started following you was on TikTok, right? And you were doing yeah. these wacky videos. And um, and some of them were very interesting because you were going through the streets of Los Angeles and capturing the homeless crisis that's been going on that the politicians turn a blind eye to. I mean, um, so do you want to talk about yourself first and how you got into doing these TikTok videos and how now you're doing super duper or superhuman things? I'm doing super. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to kill myself is what I'm trying to do. So here's what happened. So I've lived in my neighborhood since 07 with my significant other. Um, we used to know our homeless guy. His name was Michael. He opened the door for you at uh, 7-Eleven. Uh, you would give him money and he'd always say, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. I give my veteran money. I'll pay you back on Wednesday. And he'd always say that, you know, you, you knew you weren't getting paid. But I knew him. I knew his name. And then, I don't know, was it... 2015, I started seeing like new people coming into the neighborhood. And I'm like, where are all these homeless people coming from? I was really like 
like it was like an absurd amount of, of new homeless people coming into my neighborhood, going to the 7-Eleven. It would piss off Michael. Unfortunately, Michael is no longer with us. He passed away uh, several years ago. But, you know, that was a functioning homeless, you know, person with mental health. He was able to feed himself. He was able to find the drugs that he needed to self-soothe. He was able to, you know, but when he would go into shelters, he would, he, he would be taken advantage of, right? So he'd always stay down the street and that was fine with me. That was his decision. But 15, 16, all of a sudden I'm going home, which is in Whittier. And I'm not seeing just like tents in Los Angeles. I'm seeing them in Whittier along. So on Whittier Boulevard, there's this median of grass that goes along Whittier Boulevard that separates the from this industrial park area. And it's really nice. And the, the tree that the city was founded around is there, the oak tree. But in 2017, it was completely filled with homeless tents. You know, and that was, that was crazy. And then I'm like, I've got to start documenting this because, you know, I, you, you see the news, but they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the real problems on the news. They talk about the stuff that helicopter, they talk about the stuff that'll get you mad at me or me mad at you or some divisive issue. Right. So I started documenting this and what really got me like, my first quote unquote viral video on TikTok was literally 12 seconds of the 101 freeway uh, at uh, sunset, just completely the, the embankment just completely yeah. filled with garbage. If you remember those days, yeah, I know. Uh -huh. So that was the video that went with I, th I think something like a half million views. And then uh, I got a, one, of, one of the people I went to college with, she was homeless, she became homeless. And the reason why she became homeless is because she needed surgery. And she knew if she came to California that our healthcare system, by the way, California has a fantastic, healthcare system if you've got no money right if you've got no money that's right because i work with that population they right. all get really amazing care when i went when i got at uh, my last job uh for curative which was a covid19 test company i got kaiser and kaiser would like Nick, after like many, yeah, cause like I work in the entertainment industry. So like it's feast and famine. So I, you know, I qualified for, cause I made under 50, whatever thousand dollars a year. I think it is. So I qualified and the healthcare I got, I got to see my doctor on a monthly basis. I got to, uh, uh, 
and I wasn't nickel and dime for like any blood they wanted to take. I went to Kaiser like, okay, we're charging you for the blood. We're charging you for the, this. We're charging oh, yeah. you for that. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what the hell do I have insurance for if you're going to charge me for everything? I mean, it's like $10 here, $10 there. You go to the physical therapist and I'm like, well, I got this shoulder and I got this. And he's like, one, one, one thing at a time. Yeah, we'll one problem at a time and then come exactly. back in another month and then we'll take care of you. Yeah. I mean, I have patients. I work in mostly federally qualified clinics. Most of my patients are Medi-Cal. Sometimes I see them once a week just because they want to come in and see me. You know, I had someone hunt me down because I no longer work at one. I, I just work at them um, uh, for short periods because I work for a locum tenens uh, and I go to a bunch of them. But he hunted me down. He's like, they told me you didn't work there anymore. And he just wants me to see his kid. He goes, I'll go to anywhere where you're working, no matter how far it is. And <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you know, you could do I pretty much whatever you want. And my patients, in my opinion, got really good care. So, but I've had Kaiser before and I got shitty care. You know, yeah. I went, I, here I am. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I've a nurse been, practitioner. I, I've, I've yeah. got a, I've got a couple of, got a couple of prescriptions I need you to fill me after yeah. we're done. Well, you're too old for me. <laughs> <laughs> 18 and, um, below but yeah or 21 and below actually but yeah so you were saying with the homeless crisis so you started to see it grow and grow and grow i've seen it grow and grow and and i um like i i do you remember when uh mayor reardon was in office yes right some time ago the streets were clean And, and Mayor Richard Reardon, he was a huge philanthropist okay he started the pantry which have you been to the pantry in downtown LA, like right across from Staples? Well, it's no longer Staples. I, so yeah, I, I um, it's no longer open 24 seven. The pantry. Is, a, yeah. Um, they were, I started going in there because I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't been here since a kid, blah, blah, blah. I went in there uh, during COVID and they're like, please come back. Nobody comes in here right now. You know, oh, they're just so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. I mean, but where, where really... else can you get like a $10, 10 cent coffee? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And amazing pancakes. But one of the biggest things that Mayor Reardon did with the pantry, because he's an entrepreneur, philanthropist, is he rehabilitated ex-cons. So a lot of the people who were working at the pantry were ex-cons. Mm-hmm. You know, did you know that? No, I was totally unaware of that. Yeah. So um, I didn't know until years ago, a guy I was dating, he was like, let's go to the pantry. My dad used to bring me here as a kid. And we went late one night because he used to be open 24 hours. And he knew a lot of these ex-cons. And he told me, he goes, this is such a great place. And Mayor Richard Reardon set this up uh, to rehabilitate these people. And these people are, are so amazing. Like he goes, they would just go above and beyond to serve you, you know, and um, which was great. We don't see that anymore. Nobody gives a shit. You know, the homeless population is out of control. One of the reasons is due to Purdue Pharma and their opiate crisis that they may go out of control. You know, right. I've attended many um, 
you know, Zocalo Public Square used to do a lot of these, uh, or they still do. Uh, they're coming back now since COVID um, public forums to talk about stuff like this. And unfortunately, all they do is talk. <laughs> and all these politicians do is talk and nobody really does anything. Yes, they get housing, but a lot of these homeless people don't want to be in homes. I, I mean, they'll leave. They want the freedom of being outdoors and doing whatever they want. Here's the problem. So if they do get permanent housing, they are kicked out. They're kicked out for eight hours. You can't come back in for eight hours because you got to go out and look for your job. You got to, you have to give up your drugs. So you can't get permanent housing until you've given up your drugs. Uh, I don't remember the state. It's either, it's one of the, like the poor states, either Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, or Missouri, one of those four states, where they just say, hey, look, you're homeless. We're giving you a house. We don't care if you have a drug problem. Once those people go into permanent housing and they get seen on a regular basis by a professional therapist as, as well as uh, group therapy, you almost have a 90% success rate of getting people back into society. society. Now, obviously, with the population that we have with Approximately in California, there are approximately 200,000 homeless. That's probably a low wow. count, but probably 200,000 homeless within the state. We have about 25%, 25 to 30% of the entire homeless population of the United States. Los Angeles has the largest homeless encampment slash open air drug uh, uh, city in the United States, maybe in the United States. The problem is not housing. The problem is the amount of red tape it costs to build any type of significant housing within the state of California. So, for example, if I wanted to open a homeless shelter, if I wanted to build a tiny home village, you're looking at anywhere from seven, from five to seven years. And during that time, anybody for any reason, because of the uh, environmental regulations, can file an environmental claim, which means that you have to, like, go through the, you know, county government and even the county government will not accept, you know, state regulated stuff. They'll run you through their little ringer for, in my opinion, just to, you know, get money out of it to, to their friends or whomever. Right. And um, you end up spending, you know, $600,000 per unit. I mean, if you, I don't know if you know this, this is, we, we built about, 1150 units and it cost the city and county of los angeles a half uh, six hundred thousand dollars per unit approximately the most expensive 
uh, one was eight hundred or almost nine hundred thousand dollars per unit. Wow. They're trying to get it down to four hundred thousand dollars per unit, but you know, will they? I don't know. I think that's crazy. And going back to what you said about these politicians, I sent you those links about um, Jose Huizar, correct? Right. About, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I've been He's, watching him for quite a while. Go ahead. He was my uh, he was my uh, city councilman. He was mine, too, because I, you know, I grew up in Eagle Rock. So I grew it's District 14. So it he covered Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Boyle Heights, um, Lincoln Heights. And I forget there's probably another one in there that I'm forgetting. Um, so uh, I was following him for quite a while. I think he he got into office in 2005 and I was like, who is this guy and how do you get into office? Because they don't teach kids in school like, hey, you know, you can run for office and you could really help this city and be a part of it. They never teach you that. You know, they don't teach you that in college. Like um, I did take a class in grad school at UCLA on um, it, having to do with politics and policies and stuff like that. I forget what it was called. And you had to go visit congressmen and stuff like that. But I didn't go do that assignment. I did something else. But people who did actually got awards and whatever. But I was like, did they really even do anything? Do, do they really listen to you? They're like, oh, this is part of my job. And I have to sit here and listen and take these students in. Right. So I was watching Wazar and and I attended a couple rallies where he was speaking. One was on the 4th of July that he would do this picnic in uh, Eagle Rock Park. And I, I believe it was in 2017 that I went there. And that's when a lot of these problems started to happen with the homeless population. Right. And he was going because he couldn't run again. He was getting his wife to run. Right. Who is also an attorney. And I thought that was weird. And already we <laughs> he had been um, outed because he had an affair with one of his coworkers or something. And he was saying, oh, well, it was consensual. You know, and your wife knew about it and now she's running for your seat. Who would want to vote for her? I mean, right. and then you start seeing the corruption and the feds went in and raided his home. And he has this fake persona that he portrays as, oh, I'm such a great dad. I have four kids that go to Catholic school and I live in Boyle Heights and this is my wife, you know, and, and that's his whole persona. And he's so fake when he talks. He talks like a car. People love fakery. Don't you see that? Like people love these politicians who talk fake. I mean, Gil Garcetti is another one of them. Whatever happened to Gil Garcetti? Is he still alive? We don't see him anymore. The mayor, you know, I used to see I used to you see him. Eric Garcetti. Eric Garcetti does. Gil is the father. That's right. Eric Garcetti. He lives, he lives six blocks that that way from where I live. I protested in front of in front of the mayor's house with my for my friend who's homeless. She's no longer homeless anymore. And if you want to follow her, she's lovely, lovely Ann on Instagram. But anyway, we protested in front of her, his house. Uh, in front of the mayor's house. And I believe. Within a. Because of COVID, not much long, uh, not much longer after that, she got like a she has an apartment in like Wilmington. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Wilmington is an up and coming area. I can kind yeah. of see it. It's a little, it's, it's pretty affordable still. It's by the water. It's kind of cool. I worked at a clinic out there um, for a doctor for a few days. It's an interesting area, kind of um, dangerous. They tell me. So um, it's probably not the best, not the best. I mean, I walked around by myself. I was okay, but they told me to be careful. Um, but I walk in South central all the time. When I work down there, I walk, I work, I walk in quite interesting places all the time. Um, but yeah, but getting back to Huizar and his buddy, Eric. Okay. So you saw that article I sent you where it said that he was, um, uh, there was a Chinese developer and the Chinese developer was giving him over like half a million dollars under the table. And he also gave him half a million dollars to shut up uh, his coworker that was accusing him of philandering or having an affair in order for these buildings to go up in Los Angeles. And he'd go to like Las Vegas. It's a crazy story. I, I mean, I, I one of the articles I think came out in March of 2022 that I was reading in the L.A. Times. And I was like, this is insane. How do people allow this to keep going on? Like going to Vegas, being a high roller, really? It, with, with the money, with people, this is our taxpaying money. You have, you have to remember <laughs> that the vast majority of people pay absolutely no attention <clears throat> aside from what they see on TV. And all they look for is that D, or did I get that the right way? I don't know. All they look for is the D or the R in front of the name and check and don't even bother to see what that person's like. They don't bother. Uh, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> when I post and say I, uh, without saying like I was an independent or a Republican, I, I, I mean, a Republic, uh, like I'm a registered Democrat. I'm running as an independent. And they're asking and people would say, why are you running as an independent? Why not run as a, one or the other? I said, those people are the problem. Right. It they costs are. me. If you want to be on the ballot, it's a thousand dollars just to try and get on the ballot. After you get that thousand dollars in, then you got to get a bunch of signatures. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it was like, I can't remember how many signatures to be honest with you. And that those are just like gates that keep you from competing. And then look what look what they did in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, was it Pennsylvania? I think it was Pennsylvania or Florida where they delisted the 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 Green Party off the oh. ballot. They they de they delisted them. Uh, or disqualify them for, for like techno, but like they didn't have enough signatures or some signatures were fraudulent, but they, you know, they proved independently and, you know, they, so I know that I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this in, into good words. 
No, but I hear what you're saying. People will just vote either if they've always voted Democrat, they're always going to vote Democrat. If they always right. voted Republican, they they're always going to care. They don't care about are. the person. They don't care about the views. Yeah. They only right. care about what party you're in. I mean, it, so it's really crazy. So you keep voting in these corrupt people over and over again that are doing nothing but draining the city's money. I mean, um, for example, Jimmy crazy. Gomez during the during the uh, who's the guy who's currently in uh, in my district, uh, the congressman in my district. I called him during covid and say hey man i need help with blah 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 that i didn't get a call back i didn't get nothing i got nothing nothing from my representative nothing from his assistance nothing and that made me mad that i couldn't call on my federal guy to get me some help during the pandemic right now i'm sure he's a nice guy he just had a kid but he went to school. He went to Harvard uh, International. Uh, he's got a degree in international affairs from Harvard. This guy went to school to become a career politician. He is just a yes man yep. for the Democratic Party. Right. He's not going to make waves. He's not going to make any decisions. He's going to no. put up all the bills that will check all the right boxes for the you know, Democratic Party. I support Black Lives Matter. I support. Yeah. He's just going to go around with his toilet paper. You know, he's going to be like, go ahead, bend down here. Hold on. Right. (laughs) So we can't we can no longer afford to have people. people, No, no. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I mean, I um, I contacted last year. I was working at one of the migrant children's shelters in Pomona, and I contacted the woman who was in charge of it. She's the first district. I forget her name. She used to be Obama's labor secretary. Okay, I forget her name. But at this point, her name is kind of nothing because she's, again, another yes person. Um, she was going around, oh, look at what I'm doing and these poor kids. And where are these kids actually coming from? And whatever happened to them, nobody knows. I mean, it was such a shit show. They had all these federal people getting federal grants, you know, and, and it was just a money. It was just like a, a fish market of money, you know, and it was so sad because they used children to front this children coming from God knows where, you know, although all these kids knew where they were going. They all had, you know, they all were very smart and knew where they were going and who was going to pick them up. So it was a bizarre event. Um, Well, if the United, well, but the reason why they're coming here is because we're supporting narco terrorism down there because we want the natural resources from South America. So the more people you have migrating to this country to come in and take care, take the jobs at, uh, Picking the fields. I mean, if you come to Los Angeles, there's no such thing as a lazy Mexican or a lazy Latino. There are on you go to Alvarado and Sixth Street. They've got their 
stuff that they've gotten from the swap from the swap meet wherever now right. they're selling it on the side or they go to the 99 cent store and get their stuff and they put it on their blanket or they got right. tacos or they got churros or they got fresh orange juice or they're making pupusas or they're doing something right but let's talk about that because um i recently so i needed to get a deep clean in my town home and i needed to get my tar- carpets cleaned okay so mm-hmm. i i hired through a um a service for both the people that came to clean my home. Um, I told them, you know, I, I speak Spanish. I said, limpia las ventanas. So the woman kind of didn't understand what I was saying. Right. Um, all of a sudden, and, and I saw that they were taking their time, you know, um, it, it was just weird. I've had my home cleaned before. This was bizarre. And all of a sudden, um, there was 15 minutes left of time that they had. And she brings me this man on the phone and she said, the man goes, Oh, Hey, it's taking us longer than we expected to clean your home. Give us another $80. Or if you go through the company, it's going to charge you. They're going to charge you a hundred. I go, excuse me. I've already prepaid. And it was supposed to be this, but now you're giving me this what's going on. Well, these people were Guatemalan. Cause I asked the woman, I go, Ventanas no hablas español, and she goes ventrias. Oh, ventrias. Well, that's how you say windows in the Guatemalan mm. dialect. Okay. And so I was like, that's interesting. So the next day comes the carpet guys. So I had to fire one because again, he was upcharging me. Mm-hmm. So another one came, you know, um, and he did the same thing. He charged upcharge me, and I go, excuse me, where are you from? And he goes, oh, I'm from Guatemala. I go, when did you get here? He's like, oh, I've been only been here like three months. So, yeah, so well, there's they're they're being con artists too. That's not right though. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I I mean, you know, you gotta I, watch these look, con you, artists now. Here's here's the truth: carpet cleaning, any type of carpet cleaning, is a con artist. It's a I, con. It's Whew. a con. It doesn't. I mean, it's just easier for them to get cheap labor and exploit them and exploit you and they're yeah. they're not going to say anything like you know because they just got a job here another thing is like you have you know known gang members you know making you know uh settling down here and now you know you have these american citizens who have ties to ms ms13 and all this stuff so, you know, there's there's like this almost natural cross-border uh, importation of, you know, South American criminals into the yeah. United States. Well, well, at that um, at the shelter, which was only supposed to be a kid's shelter, there was several of these criminals coming in posing as children. So posing as they had to be 17 under 18 years of age. So, um, you know, the ice was coming in the next day and weaning them out because they were lying, you know, and um, I just wanted to finish up on my point on how I 
contacted that councilwoman that for the first district because right. we were I was complaining about what was going on, you know, because I got fired within seven days in two weeks because I asked too many questions and they put yeah, me they don't I, want I, you to ask questions. They don't want you to ask questions. They told you that before. They're like, we don't want you to take pictures. We don't want you to ask questions. They were screaming at people. I was being treated like I was in prison. And, and people were like, oh, we, we were in the Texas one. All you do is just sit and read a book. Shh, shh, don't say anything. And I was like, what the, what is, <laughs> I mean, so I went ahead and I reported it to the woman. I go, by the way, the, these federal contracted people that you hired who have no pediatric experience, by the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, this is, this is going on. You know, I have 25 years of experience. I was put in the lice area you know, and I kept saying, Hey, I could do other stuff. I could, you know, really help out in these areas. And they kept saying, no, like they didn't give a shit about what my knowledge base was. All they wanted me to do was sit in one area, you know, which was stupid. I mean, the pay was good, but I I mean, you're just like, really, you know, after a while, it's really ridiculous. So, you know, um, so I didn't get a call from her. I guess she's too good. You know, I did get a call from her assistant who as an attorney, you know, mm. and she told me she just listened. She's like, oh, oh, really? Oh, wow. Oh, really? Like, that's how she was talking to me. OK, about this issue and um, which they don't care. You know, all they cared about was that they had um, all their celebrities giving them money and doing a concert after that's what they care about. They care about the PR and that's going on there. Right. Yeah. So, so she told me, cause then a lot of other nurses were emailing them, you know, she's like, um, why did you give the e- our email to the nurses? Why did you tell them to email me? This is what she said. And I go, because you work for me, you are a public servant and these are our complaints and obviously you don't give a shit. So why should we have you in office? Why, mm-hmm. why should we vote for you people? You yeah. know, cause she's got ties with Obama and Biden, <laughs> you know, she even said, like I was reading her little um, bio and she's like, I didn't want to run again, but they made me, you know, I guess, I guess I'm needed. You're an idiot. You know, there's so many more qualified yeah, I'm not going to, I don't want to be an ageist, you know, but step down already. Look at all these amazing people that are younger who can really take over the city and make it better, but they don't want that. No, there's definitely, there's, there's definitely no urgency to really solve Problems. Any problems, right? Because you need those problems to point the finger at your opponent. Because, like, what are the the Democrats are literally running? We're not the Republicans, and the Republicans run. We're not the Democrats, right? And then they put up there, well, you know, you know, for and, and they're the, what's the frustrating thing is they're the exact same party. They're just, you know playing their political role. It's all political theater. I mean, the green new deal or the, 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 what, what did they, what did they just call it? The budget, uh, the, the deficit reduction, not the deficit, the, uh, whatever reduction act, you know, that was, that was a, you know, you, we, they sent, uh, 
you get tax incentives for green vehicles and building, right. they're going to build wind farms and solar farms. But in order to do any of that, they first have to license any amount of land that they give for solar farms or wind farms. First, they have to give that exact same amount of land to the fossil fuel industry. Okay. And they have to, and, and it's up to 10 million acres a year that they're allowed that they are allowed to give to wind farms and solar farms, but they also have to give that to fossil fuel. For that's for 10 years, right? For 10 years, okay? Then uh, with the new Medicare thing that they have, you don't start saving any money on any pills until five years from now and i think they choose like five pills and then they'll add like another five like five years later so like you know something like 30 years from now you'll have like 30 different pills covered under this medicare or some something absurd like that and who does that help there's like hundreds of thousands of pills we just learned maois are totally wrong we're like the science right. behind it is totally false we just learned that yet they're still handing them out like tic-tac. right and i'll tell you why i'll tell you why it's great that you brought that up okay um i have this theory it's called all roads lead to pfizer so if you go to a federally qualified clinic that uh, mostly sees medical patients these are mostly the places that i work there's this form it's called the PQH9 form. And it's a form that uh, you have to evaluate teenagers to see if they have anxiety, depression, if they have suicidal ideation, right? But if you look at the fine print on the bottom of this form, it says it was created by Pfizer. Okay. Why? Because most of these um, anti- uh, these antidepressant drugs uh, and stuff are created by Pfizer. They, Pfizer has some type of partnership with them. Either they make them, either they bought out the companies that used to make these drugs, or they have formed a partnership. So that's my theory on all roads lead to Pfizer. You know, so the California, uh, they mandate that you these federally qualified clinics in order to get paid in order to get whatever. I don't know how it exactly works. They have to use these forms with all their teen patients, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and it's like, I've debated this with um, nurse practitioners on a forum on Facebook and they were all calling me out on it. They were just like, oh, that's not peer reviewed. And they go, most of these drugs are not peer reviewed. <laughs> most of these drugs that they use for teenagers have never been tested on teenagers. They've been tested on adults. And so they modify the dosage to, to give them to teenagers. You know, that's all it is. They've never tested them on that. And I, a lot of people don't know that. I used to work for a pharmaceutical industry. I, I mean, a company, I used to work for AstraZeneca and I know the tricks that they do. It's, they love to mind control. They're like working for a cult, you know, and it's like, you do as I say, or else you're out. And again, I used to get in trouble there all the time. I was in principal's office all the time because I was 
questioning a lot of stuff. I was questioning the research that they gave. I was questioning everything, you know? So they told me, they're like, hey, if you want to be winning in this game, don't question anything. Just do as you're told, you know? Isn't that like from 1984, that book? Uh, I I forget. I actually forget what the, uh, there is a, there is a, you will, I forget I'm, what it is. I'm going to go check it out right here yeah. at the library since I'm here. But yeah. Now that you brought up uh, teenagers and uh, antidepressants, here's something that you need to know as a pediatric nurse practitioner. Social media oh, yeah. is currently the number one cause of social anxiety in children 12 to 24. Social media and them not sleeping. Yes. We had, um, prior to this episode, I had a, uh, pediatrician on, he does, um, hypnotherapy on kids. So we had a pretty detailed discussion on that. And it's really interesting. If you, if anybody listening to this episode, you haven't heard it, it's really great. Dr. Ryan Anbar, he's amazing. He practices out of La Jolla. Um, and he's awesome. And he said it too. It's like, we keep giving these kids pills, you know, instead of just really working on them. And a lot of the things that's wrong is empowerment as well. These kids are so disempowered, you know, I, I mean, I come from what generation X, your generation X as well. Right. And, um, yeah, okay. We were like the latchkey generation and blah, 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 but we learned a lot. We learned how to survive. These kids don't know how to survive a lot of them. I mean, they kind of do, but you know, I asked a lot of them don't even know their parents' phone numbers. They don't even know where they live. They don't know their addresses, you know? It's like I said, if, if one of my patients tells me in a certain age range where they live and what their telephone number is, I'll give them a hundred bucks. Nobody can tell me, you know, I'll ask a 16 year old, do you know your address? They don't know it. That's, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the terrible thing about that is, is when you couple that with like social media, you find that, you know, teenage girls here let me give you let me give you an example of why i keep why i want to keep going back to this because i think it's like really really important um the anxiety comes from them not actually you know not being outside in the world playing because right. in the 90s we had that thing where uh you know everything's bad everything's horrible kids blah blah it turns out it's safer for kids to go out and play today than it was when we were growing up. And because <laughs> there was Jeffrey Dahmer when we were growing up. And remember the um, the that other serial killer, Night Stalker, Richard, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez Stalker. and yeah, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> but. But here's the thing. Girls, especially girls, uh, they'll befriend what they think is like a boy, you know, online. Right. And it's a, uh, send him, yeah. send him nudes. Turns out it'll be like an adult male. And what they'll do is then they will blackmail these young girls to continue sending them these salacious yeah. photos. And it's more common nowadays for a young girl to be blackmailed online by a stranger 
then, um, you know, going out, then getting, you know, kidnapped if they go outside and play. We, we have this illusion. There's this illusion that because it's just on this phone right here. It's safe. That they're that's safe and there's no danger. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're exposed to pornography right. at such a young age. Because, like, look at if we wanted you and I, I don't know if mm-hmm. you did or not. <laughs> but if I wanted to look at boobies. In Playgirl magazine. or I had to go. <laughs> find a magazine somehow or get an uncle you know, garage or something right. like right you i mean i just like, i spoke to someone, yeah i spoke to someone there's a record store here in palm springs and um, it's an old school record store and i walked in and there was a gentleman there who I think he said he was the ex-police chief of Palm Springs in like the 80s or whatever. And there were many Playgirl magazines in the case. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I, I started talking about this with him. And I um, mean, of course, he had a story uh, of the first time. And he, you know, agreed with me that these kids are now going on their phones. And, it, it, you know, their sex is now pornography. It yes. is not the human body. And it's not right. a beautiful thing, you know. Um, I remember for myself when I when I started to see naked people was on playing cards, you know, (laughs) like my parents used to play poker. And so it was a bunch of us kids in someone's like um, poker room looking at these cards. And we'd be like, oh, my God, you know, and it's girl cards. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but nowadays, you know, I ask these boys and females as well, like, how much porn are you watching? I can't say, are you watching porn? It's how much porn are you watching? And they'll tell me most of them are watching it every single day, couple hours. You know, what does that do to your brain? Yeah. Hours. Yeah. So so because of, so because of this, I think like, I think there's a, like a lot of, I think that helps contribute to the, like this gender issue, because I feel like if, I'm a young woman and I'm watching pornography, which is, you know, tailored towards guys. And I'm seeing how, why would I want, if that's, you know, what's expected of me, why would I want to subject myself right. to that? You know, that's a great, point. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I, I could see how, cause here's the thing. I had several friends, three of them three couples and all three of their daughter, well, uh, two daughters, one, one male, uh, one, one boy, all of them were transgender. The the young male, he was the young boy. He was, he was just, I think he was just like picked on and didn't fit in anywhere because he said he was transgender, but I'd never seen a kid so obsessed with knives in my life. And, and like wow. boy stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like boy stuff. So it was kind of like mixed singles. So I just kind of like, but the young girls, one of them did transition and she turned 18 and that's, that's fine. But the other one and the other one, and from my not having kids, not in the situation, not dealing with it, just hearing what my friends, it really seemed to me like it was almost a form of, you know, uh, like 
like if I was like, well, I don't know if I like boys. Well, you're probably transgender and you probably like girls or you're probably like pansexual. None of these kids should know what any of that means because they have no fucking idea what any of that means. They know what the words mean and they know what the definitions are, but they don't really know what that entails. And I see on social media, I these kids, there were two girls in making these TikTok videos against each other. And one, and the discussion was, this is not a lie. I'm not making this up. The difference between universal transgender pansexuality and omni-gender transsexual sexuality. And I was just like, yeah, what? Yeah. The I was like, what do you talk is it's it's like a hundred million different opinions. That's what people don't understand. It's not like, where's the peer reviewed there? Where is this? It's just these people, you know, giving their opinions, which is great. Everybody's got the freedom, but, but it is these are like young a kids. lot of confusion. Like- yeah. Yeah. It is creating a lot of confusion. And I've told this on the show before. Um, one of my friends, uh, Bianca, she works at the transgender clinic at children's hospital of Los Angeles. And um, I followed several of her lectures. She's been on this show and up until like, really they're mostly about counseling, you know, and talking. I don't like the counseling either because the counseling that everybody was getting, none of the counseling seemed to put any negativity or look at like the downside of transitioning. Like I didn't No, they do at children's hospital though. I mean, um, I'm, I'm telling my just, perspective, like I know I said, I'm just telling I'm just you getting like it's second hand, right? I'm getting it. Yeah, and, it and it's true. A lot of these kids, I've had patients come in. Um, I had a 16 year old once and she was learning how to transition online. And that's what a lot of them do. You know, and I had to sit down with her and I'm like, no. And I immediately called my friend and I immediately was like, you need to go to children because she she was trying to get um, hormones and stuff. And, and so this is what a lot of them will do. And, and they all talk to each other and there's Facebook groups on it. One of and the what makes me problems, mad uh-huh. is, go is ahead. they say that you can you can transition back i'm like really oh you can't yeah it's it's really like i thought this was like this is what they are this is who they are this is who they know but now you can just i can go back now i'm like that is not if you talk to people who have transitioned and then go back it is a a very sad story. I'm going to try to find someone to be on this podcast um, to talk about that because I think it's a, it's a great discussion. I've told this story before um, where when I was in high school, there was no such thing as non-binary. There was no such thing as transitioning, you know, Um, it was just, we're exploring, you know, and I would wear my dad's clothes to, to school, you know, just because it was fashion. My parents were creative. They didn't care, you know, and I was just exploring, with, you know, I cut all my hair off. I was in swim team. I did all these, uh, you know, I was in drama. I was a writer. I was in photography and stuff, but it was very experimental. I wasn't labeled. And fortunately now we have all these labels. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's so sad. So you're running for Congress. I am running for Congress. Okay. okay. Which uh, district or how? 34th does- district. Okay. Awesome. 
So we need to vote for you, everybody. And when is the elections? It's November. November 8th. So I'm a writing candidate. So you have to write my name in. All right. And it's Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, Putnam, P-U-T-N, as in Nancy, A, M as in Mary. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not under any illusions. Like I have like some sort of chance to win, but you know, here's the thing. You never know. You never I'm gonna, know. I'm going to be running these triathlons. Yeah. Talk about the, the triathlons. So you're running how many? 34. That's awesome. I, I, the reason why I'm looking at my watch is I have to, I have to get, I have to finish mine today and I have to go, uh, go high. I'm highlighting businesses. So this is a local business that I attend. I, I love that shirt. Yeah. I, I, bought, I, I bought this shirt. They did not give it to me. They do not sponsor me. I don't have any sponsorships. You can't donate to me. There's no way of donating to me. I did want to have a charity come on and, and raise money for the charity, but you know, this is Los Angeles and somebody will tell you, yeah, I want to do that because they feel like, you know, cause later on they're like, uh, I still want to be your friend or maybe we'll have something right. like later in the, so you I should have a, a write in. You should have I know a write in. No yeah. You should have a, you should have a write in party, like right the day before, like, right. a, like a, maybe we should, maybe I'll help you put it together. I love doing like, events that would so. be fantastic anybody so, yeah maybe we'll like talk to, about that we'll talk about that anybody like, who would like to help me with anything yeah yeah would maybe be greatly appreciated i love to throw a party everybody knows that my parties are great even when i've had like in-person podcasts i always yeah. have food i always it's awesome there's always goodie bags giveaways I'm, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that offline but I'm yeah, so that. you're doing, did you do one triathlon already or are you doing? No. So I was in the, I was in the middle of doing my triathlon and I was going to like, uh, stop, do the interview with you, uh, <laughs> and then go back and continue riding. Cause I, I got a lot of bike riding that I have to do. And then yeah. I have to go run. When's so your far, first I've only try? swim. I've, I've ridden six miles. So I've got about now, I've ridden more than six miles. So I've ridden. So I've ridden about eight miles. So I've got about 19 to go. Uh-huh. And then I got to run, like literally run. So the, the total amount of mileage that I'm doing will end up being 34 miles. So I'm doing 34 triathlons, 34 miles long for the 34th district. That's awesome. And all I'm trying to do is highlight the fact that I'm in the bluest of blue states. I'm in the bluest of blue cities. And the it's not about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's about the wealthy elite and poor people. Right. And this is how the wealthy elite treat poor people. We saw them sent to uh, whatever uh, Martha's Vineyard yeah. And uh, which is a sanctuary city. In my opinion, if you're going to be a sanctuary city, you should be ready to receive People. illegal immigrants. Right. You should be you're, You announced it. It's on your it's on your city website. Well, then you're like, you have a housing problem. You have plenty of houses. You have plenty of space around here. 
you can house 50. And so when they say like, well, you can handle it at the home, they couldn't handle 50. And we got thousands coming over the border and right. not even coming over, like on the other side, living in limbo or yeah. in cages on, on, on our side. And, you know, everybody's looking the other way. Like everything's all good. I, yeah. I'm just They're here watching Netflix. Saying, they're liars. The Democratic <laughs> they liars. Party is liars. They are if they liars. really wanted change, they under Obama, we would have had universal health care. We would have had Roe v. Wade would have been codified. And um, uh, and they didn't do any of that. Any of that with a supermajority. None of it. Did you because see? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this real quick. I, I okay. don't mean to cut you off, but I think it goes back to your transgender um, questions. Okay, I just saw this on the the. It's called the Post Millennial. Breaking news. Newsom signs bill to allow minors from other states to receive medical gender transitions without parental consent. What is wrong with these people? Like, why would you do that? I don't understand. It doesn't seem, I don't get it. That is. Minors but, under the age of 18. I mean, their parents are, are still like, why? I don't have kids. I, mean, I don't know. But I don't have kids when either. I, when I say that that's kind of not my fight, I, it's kind of not my fight because I don't have any dogs in the fight. At the exact same time, as someone who doesn't have children, as someone who has been told, uh, uh, you know, about pronouns and gender identity and is, you know, stuck his foot in his mouth with somebody who identified as non-binary. I'm, I'm afraid I'm scared. What, yeah. what is this going to do to this generation? Right. That's what I'm, I'm concerned. That's with. what my fear is. It's, what, it's are, what are the repercussions term, right? mentally down the line when Johnny or Kimmy decide to go back to being Billy and Susan, uh, Billy and Ted, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, at That's this funny. age from 11 to about 18, there's still exploring, you know, there's this guy, Eric Erickson. Uh, he talks about that. Um, he talks about it's, perfectly normal to change your name if you want. I changed my name when I was in high school. And then I went back to being my, my adult name, my given name or Celia, you know? Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but anyway, anything to wrap it all up, anything you'd like closing remarks, um, <laughs> vote for you. Maybe we'll talk about a, a write-in uh, yeah. bar thing. That'll write, be fun. Right in for me. Look, if I can get a hundred, if I can get a hundred people yeah. on the ballot, that would make national news. So that's all I'm asking for is like a hundred people in my district to vote for me. Now, here's a terrible thing. I'm horrible at promoting. So, you know, it is what it is, but I'm going to be doing 34 of these. They're all going to be done live now that I have all the equipment that I, and so just all I say is watch, follow. Yeah. And you don't have to vote for me, but, you better find somebody who you're willing to vote for who is not going to use, you know, dark money, special money, special interest money to get your vote. They can do it by raising money and highlighting the businesses in their community. And if they're not doing that, then they're not really working for the community. They're working for themselves. Right. That's true. 
That's the truth. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Jesus Putnam. And um, I will add links to your TikTok and to your Instagram on the show notes. So I'm going to try and make a a TikTok or a video a day as to why you should vote for me. Yeah. So um, that's going to be on the agenda. Awesome. All right. right. Thank you so much for listening. Nurses and hypochondriacs till next time. That was fun. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses and Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. <laughs>